transgender students in my classroom and in classrooms across our state are scared. They already face extreme hostilities within our communities and schools. Bullying, harassment, and assault are all too common. Proposals like the one before us today intensify these hostilities and magnify their negative effects on transgender students. As a trans woman, I understand and share many of the struggles transgender kids endure. When one of them is lost to violence or suicide, I don't just feel their loss, I experience it. I'm tired of standing at the candlelight vigils. I'm tired of burying trans kids. Why aren't you? That was Kendall Hawkins. Hawkins is one of nearly two dozen people who testified during the Senate Education Committee's hearing on a bill forbidding any students of the quote, male sex, unquote, from being able to join a designated female team. Verification of biological sex will be conducted through physical examinations or laboratory testing. In addition, any student or institution harmed by violation of the law could file a lawsuit for physical, emotional, or psychological harm. This is the Kansas Reflector Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Taborda. On this episode, we listen back to snippets of testimony from both sides of a contentious hearing on the so-called Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Opponents of Senate Bill 208 said it would create a legal authority to further marginalize transgender people faced with discrimination and would obviously be challenged in court as unconstitutional. Champions, on the other hand, said it would preserve hard-fought opportunities for equal participation in athletics and guarantees a level playing field for girls and women. Senator Renee Erickson, a Wichita Republican, sponsored the bill. She teed off proponent testimony with personal experiences playing college basketball on a scholarship. It taught me teamwork, self-discipline, gave me leadership opportunities, and it also probably kept me out of a, just a little bit, more than just a little bit of trouble at, at some points. These opportunities are being threatened, which is why 20 states have introduced similar protections for girls. Senate Bill 208's sole purpose is to protect the opportunities that I had by ensuring that only biological females compete in girls sports because every female athlete deserves a fair playing field. Idaho State Representative Barbara Ehart, a Republican, was the first to introduce this type of legislation in her home state. She doubled down on Erickson's testimony by describing a situation encountered in Idaho. Idaho faced a situation this past year where a runner from the University of Montana who had run as John Eastwood for three years decided John's senior year that he was going to run as June. And he ran in Idaho and he ran against our young women and he annihilated our young women. If John had done this his freshman year, I guarantee you it would have forced every other Big Sky school to go out and recruit somebody to be able to compete against John, June Eastwood. Because in athletics, it's first about winning. It's first about competition. All the other benefits come secondary. Representative Stephanie Byers, a Wichita Democrat and the first transgender state legislator in Kansas, countered those claims emphatically. She said the bill would not bring balance to athletics, but rather it was another effort to erase and attack trans school children. In Kansas, since 2016, there have been four bills introduced that would put bounties on the heads of trans school children, other bills that would have mocked our marriages, and recently, a bill introduced that would make it a felony to provide life-saving medication to trans youth. Right now, this bill would ban trans girls from affirming their identity through sports, thereby erasing them. 
Preventing students from playing sports as their authentic self gives one more proof that in spite of who you know yourself to be, you are just unwanted. Let's turn back now to Hawkins, who also volunteers as the policy coordinator for the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network of Kansas. Hawkins shared personal insight into how this bill would open transgender students to increased bullying. To give you some insight into how serious this issue is for transgender students, consider the most recent GLSEN school climate survey. 18% of Kansas LGBTQ students reported regularly hearing school staff make homophobic remarks, and 37% heard school staff make remarks about someone's gender expression. Three legislators who are former educators are sponsors of these anti-transgender bills that would directly harm Kansas transgender youth. Some educators have a hard time believing that the previous statistic because they don't want to believe their peers could unintentionally harm children, much less explicitly. As these former educators try to set these policies for the entire state, let them be proof of the school climates the students endure as well. Within the last two years, we know of at least three transgender students in the Wichita area that have lost their lives as a result of the hostile climate perpetuated by legislation such as this. As a trans woman, I understand and share many of the struggles transgender kids endure. When one of them is lost to violence or suicide, I don't just feel their loss, I experience it. I'm tired of standing at the candlelight vigils. I'm tired of burying trans kids. Why aren't you? Kyle Velty, an associate professor at the University of Kansas School of Law, said even if the bill should pass, it would undoubtedly fold under legal scrutiny. As you know, Title IX dis prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex in educational programs that receive federal funds. The Supreme Court has held that gender identity discrimination is sex discrimination. Therefore, the law is clear that Title IX prohibits discrimination against transgender students, rendering SB 208 in violation of Title IX if it should pass. Under the Equal Protection Clause of the U.S. Constitution, it is also unlawful. Because SB 208 classifies based on sex when it classifies based on gender identity, it fails under the Equal Protection Clause unless it is substantially related to an important government interest. The justification given by the government here has got to be exceedingly persuasive under the case law. The justification has to be genuine. It can't be hypothetical harm. Here, the government interest that's being put forth is loosely sex equality or fairness to cisgender girls. Even if we assume that that is an important government interest, that's not the end of the analysis. SB 208 would still fail because it is not substantially related to that proffered interest. It's not substantially related to fairness to cisgender girls. The only justification we have so far for this is a hypothetical future problem that hasn't arisen. The law is both over-inclusive and under-inclusive, so the fit is not right under the Constitution. It's based on an erroneous assumption about transgender girls that they have an advantage over cisgender girls. This is erroneous, so there's, there's no factual ground to support the fairness argument. That leaves only one reason for this law, animus or dislike of transgender people. That is not a ground that will justify this law under the Equal Protection Clause. In conclusion, SB 208 does not further sex equality or fairness in sport for, sex, for cisgender girls. What it does do is inflict rank discrimination against transgender girls in violation of both Title IX and the United States Constitution. Beyond policy aficionados, legal experts, and lawmakers, both current and former athletes and students weighed in. A former pole vaulter, basketball player, and even an Olympian testified in favor of the bill. Caroline Bruce McAndrews, 
a Kansas-born member of a 2004 U.S. Olympic swim team, shared personal experiences competing against her brother as a reason to support the bill. I um, grew up swimming. I have two other sisters who also swam, as well as a brother who also swam. And we were all given the opportunity to be able to swim collegiately. And three out of four of us were able to try out for our U.S. Olympic swim team. Being raised in a family with um, other girl sisters, as well as a boy, it was always pretty competitive between my sisters and I, but we were never able to compete with my brother. Um, we all swam at what people would consider the highest level um, in our country, if not the world. Um, and it still wasn't even close with my brother. I cannot imagine trying to compete against people who had, you know, different advantages um, than I was, than I had. However, Ali Fennell, a freshman high school athlete, disagreed. Fennell currently plays high school golf as well as hockey on an all-girls travel team. She urged legislators to oppose the bill and protect an environment where everybody is invited to play. I believe that everyone should have the opportunity to compete in a place where they can be their authentic selves. People participate in sports to have fun. Excluding transgender girls will not benefit anyone. Athletics improve mental health, academics, physical health, and social skills. Everyone deserves a place where they can feel welcome and encouraged. We need our lawmakers to set a good example for impressionable young adults. Showing our athletes that exclusion is okay will impact more than just our locker rooms. According to GLSEN, 50.9% of LGBT students have been bullied in PE class because of their gender expression. Imagine these figures if we were to pass a bill saying that discrimination and exclusion against our teammates was okay. Is bullying the legacy that you would like to leave? I am the high school athlete that you claim to be protecting, and I am here to today to tell you that I do not need your protection. Transgender women are not threats. They are friends, they are sisters, and they are teammates. Davis Hammett closed out testimony with a scalding rebuke of the committee for what he described as a gross abuse of power aimed at hurting vulnerable children. The last couple of nights I've just been laying um, in bed kind of enraged by the fact that this bill even has a hearing. I think the bill itself is shameful. Um, I think it's incredibly unfortunate that you're holding a hearing on this, and I hope that this bill stops now. Um, I'm a bisexual person who, in fourth grade, I began attempting suicide. I attempted suicide at that young age because of the feeling that I could never live a normal life as I confronted my sexuality. And so while I didn't want to die, I also didn't want to confront basically a world that hated me and couldn't accept me. I have worked a lot in LGBTQ rights, and I have sat with trans boys and girls who also struggle with this. I have sat with parents of transgender girls as their kids receive death threats, mostly from adults in the mail. I have helped parents get security systems for their home because they're so scared for their transgender daughters. There are real threats to the safety of these kids by y'all moving forward on these bills. As was mentioned, this will be on the news. Kids will hear that their government doesn't just not support them, their government is actively working to exclude them. This has been another episode of the Kansas Reflector podcast. Today's episode was hosted and produced by myself, Noah Taborda. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, thanks for listening.